welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us today. We hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. Good morning, everyone. Good to see you in the house. Good to be here. It's really good to be here. Uh, I promised someone that, that we wouldn't let the day go by without acknowledging uh, Andy Finn had a 50th birthday, right? Amen. <laughs> Come on, Andy. How many singers do we have in the audience? Let's sing it. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Andy. Happy birthday to you. Amen. If you haven't told him you appreciate him, now's a good time to do it. Andy, we love you and appreciate you and hope you have 50 more, brother. Yeah. I, don't know, I don't know if it's just me, but you, the older you get, the younger you look. I don't know how that happens, but it happens and uh, seems to be happening. Uh, I do want to give just some acknowledgement. If you're here for the first time, uh, we're glad you're here. We welcome you here, um, and we hope that you find this place to be a refuge. Uh, we hope that you find it to be a place of comfort, a place where your faith can be built, and a place where you are accepted and where you belong. So we welcome you into Court Church this morning, and uh, we, we are so glad that you're here. Uh, I do want to give a quick shout-out. I had a friend of mine come into Feed Cork on it was a Tuesday, I think. Tony O'Brien, he lives up in the north side, but he does uh, paramedic work. And uh, he, his wife, they've all, they, she's been shut in. She's had some health issues, Iris, and she used to come in to uh, feed Cork. If you know her, it's just to love her. She's such a sweet, spirited person. But I just want to say, if you're watching, you said you would be. Uh, good morning, Iris and Tony. We love you. We're praying for you. We know that you've got a surgery coming up, Iris, and, and you're in our thoughts and you're in our prayers. And we can't wait for your, the time when you're back in and we get to see you uh, because we do love you. Uh, we do need to dismiss the kids. Thank Pat. Thanks, Pat. That's why I needed a pen there. We had so many things this morning. Kids, you're dismissed down to Kids Church. Uh, we, have, we have Kids Church ready for you there. We're going to get into the Word this morning. Uh, let's, let's remember this morning... I don't know about you, but I was heavy-hearted yesterday. I was reading the news about Haiti and the earthquake that happened there. If you haven't heard about that, uh, they had a 7.2 magnitude earthquake that hit very close uh, to shore, and thousands of people are are uh, dead and many missing. Um, the houses, it looked like a, a bomb went off. And there's lots of Christians there, lots of, of great ministries there doing work. So you want to remember them this morning in prayer. We've got brothers and sisters there. There's a lot of Christians that are going to go in there and, and help out. And uh, we're going to pray for the, the nation of Haiti tonight or today um, as, brothers, as our brothers and sisters there. And that the gospel would go forward. And also we're going to pray for Afghanistan. Uh, if you have, uh, there's some of you have family in Afghanistan. We want to pray for them. I want to pray and lift that nation up as well. Uh, we're going to go to the Lord in prayer, but I, I just want to pray for those specifics this morning, and then we're going to get right into the Word. Father, we come to you now, and we thank you. First of all, I just thank you for Andy Finn. I thank you 
that you've been faithful to this man. You've brought him so far, and you use him to glorify your name. And Father, we just pray your continued blessings on him, that you continue to use him in worship and in prayer and helping and pastoring people. Lord, bless him. Bless his family. Give him strength. Give him courage, Lord. And uh, just continue to bless this man. And Lord, we lift up today. Lord, my heart goes out to the Haitian people. Father, I just pray and cry for this tragedy that's happening there. Lord, we ask you that you would intervene. We ask you that you would send help. God, I pray, Lord, in this dark country, Lord, that's so bound by witchcraft and voodoo and superstition and corruption, I pray for revival. We pray for an awakening. We pray, Father, that you would touch that land in the name of Jesus, Lord. We ask you to send helpers and that, Father, that the world would respond. And, Father, you would cause men and women to give and to bless this nation, Father. But we pray, Father, God, beyond that, for the healing of its soul, the healing of the society, Lord, that they would know Jesus. And, Father, for Afghanistan in turmoil this morning, we lift up the believers there. Lord, who are now running underground, who are now leaving the country, who are now in fear for their lives. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray that you would be with your people. You would bless your people there. God, I pray, uh, Father, that your will would be done in the nation of, of Afghanistan, Lord, and that many ministries there, Father, would help to sustain and bless and preach the gospel. Give them boldness and courage to face, Lord, what they have to face. We lift them before you now. And Father, for this message this morning, I pray for our hearts that they would be open, that they'd be soft, that our minds would be attentive, that our, that our ears would be open, Lord, to hear your word. God, I ask you this morning that you would speak deeply to us. Father, that you would help us, Lord, in our, in our places where we lack patience, in those places where we get anxious, in those places where we run ahead, where we run in fear, where we, we take the reins of our lives and go in directions that are cul-de-sacs and places that, Lord, just pierce ourselves through with sorrow because we've not been patient and we've not waited on you. Lord, this morning, Holy Spirit, would you come? Do what you can only do, Lord, with your word. Sow it and water it. And Lord, let it bring forth fruit in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. This morning, I'm going to continue uh, sharing with you, building in, a, in the thought what I feel was the Holy Spirit. Pastor Patrick shared a message. He didn't know I was going to share what I'm going to share today, but he, he shared a complimentary word on Wednesday night. If you haven't heard it, you need to go and listen to it. But it's about endurance. It's about uh, the necessity uh, living in the times that we live to, to be able to endure and persevere. And the New Testament has a lot to say about endurance. It has a lot to say about perseverance. It has a lot to say about that because Christians, when they first heard the gospel, when the first world heard the gospel, they had to persevere. They had to endure. They had to learn what it was uh, to suffer many times and to go without because of their faith. And we are heading into a season, I believe, where our faith is going to be tested. And we're going to need to know how to endure. 
We're going to need to know what it is to persevere and to be those soldiers of Christ that Paul admonished Timothy to be. A, a good soldier knows how to endure. Amen. So you need to listen to that message. It was very poignant. It was very timely, uh, especially for the time that we're living in. This is, this is not an easy time to be alive. It's not an easy time uh, to, to be in the world. And we need Holy Spirit endurance. And so this morning, I'm, as I said, I'm going to speak something that's very complimentary to that. It goes hand in hand with that. And I want to talk to you about the believer's call to patience. Patience is the other pillar. You have endurance, the ability to, to endure difficulty. But then you also have patience, which actually helps fuel endurance. If you're a patient person, you can endure. If you have patience, if you know how to wait, if you know what it is to delay gratification, if you know what it is to, to, to carry things in life and be patient in carrying things, you can endure. And I've entitled this message, which is coming straight from the Word of God out of James chapter 1, verse 4, Let patience have her perfect work. Let patience. Let patience. Now, James is writing under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and he's saying to the believers, you must allow as a believer to let the patience that God is developing in you have its work. So there's an allowance. There's a part that we play in becoming patient people. This isn't something that God just does. Uh, you know, it is a work of the Holy Spirit. He develops that in us, but we are to participate in this. There is to be a surrender towards patience. There is to be a letting, <clears throat> letting of, of, of patience and adopting a mentality of patience into our lives. We are to be a patient people, amen? That means when you're in traffic, you're to be a patient person. <laughs> that means when you're standing in the queue at the shop, you're to be a patient person. We're not to be ones that are riled and causing a fuss when things aren't going our way because we are impatient. You know, the world is filled with entitled people who feel like, you know, it is their right to be first. It is their right to be attended to. It is their right to get things. And those types of people bully and push their way uh, through and into things. The believers, though we are called to stand, and we are called to stand for truth, uh, but we are not called to be entitled people. We are called to be patient people, people that know what it is to wait People that know what it is to wait patiently for God. This is a call from the Holy Spirit to us during this season. We're going to read a few passages of Scripture. If you have the Bible, and I hope you do, open it up there in front of you. If you've got it electronically or if you have a, uh, the, the, the hard copy, break it out. We're going to get into the Word. There's three, we're going to go to three different places, beginning in the Old Testament in the book of Psalms. Now, if you're new to the faith, that's right in the middle of the book. Just crack it open. You should open up right to the book of Psalms. Psalm 40, this is a song of David, and this is what David says. I waited patiently for the Lord. I waited patiently 
for the Lord, and he inclined to me, and he heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit. Now, in the Hebrew, that word is cesspool. In a cesspit, a cistern. During those days, uh, the context here is a, is a place where human waste is stored. That he was in an awful place. I don't know about you. Have you ever felt like you're in a cesspool? In a place that isn't very comfortable, that's smelly, that's awful, that's dark? David said, God brought me out of a cesspool. Out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock, and he established my goings. And he has put a new song in my mouth, even praise to our God. Many shall see it, and fear, and shall trust in the Lord. How many of you know that there are many in this world that need to see people that know how to wait on God? There's a world out there that is being trampled underfoot for people that are entitled. People that want their way and get their way through bribery, scheming, heavy handedness. The world needs to see what it is for people to wait on God and get answers from God. They need to see what it is to see people believe and trust God so much that when they go through difficulty, they see that there is a, a resilience and a poise in waiting when things aren't going their way. David said, people saw when I waited on God, they saw how God answered and many trusted in the Lord because I patiently waited on God. Hebrews 10, 35 through 37. Cast not away therefore your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. It's, great, great, it's got great dividends and payoff. That's what it's saying. Your confidence will pay off. For you have need of patience. Read that again. Verse 36. For you have need of patience. Say that to yourself. I have need of patience. I don't have to tell you that. The scripture doesn't have to tell you that. I think we all know that we could all use godly patience. For you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise for yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. James 1.1, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ of the 12 tribes, which are scattered abroad, broad greeting. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into different temptations or testings, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. Testings brings about patience. Trials, difficult situations brings about a patience in the life of the believer. It is working something good. It is working something needful. It is working something, though it may be painful, has a great payout in the end. But listen to what it says in verse 4. But let patience have her perfect work. I love that. Let patience have her perfect work. Now that word her is in italicized. That's not in the original. But the, the, the gentleman that came up with the King James English, they inserted her there. And I thought it was very poignant. But that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. 
Let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. I want to begin by saying that God wants to shape the way we wait for him in answer to prayer, fulfillment of his promises, and for his will to be accomplished in our lives. God wants to shape the way you wait for him. God wants to shape the way your attitude and those seasons where you are waiting. God wants to shape you and fashion you in a very special way. Because it's God's heart to shape and craft a people that are in the earth that are poised, that are calm and unshaken as they live out their lives in the daily grind of life. It's God's heart to shape a people that aren't like everyone else running around, upset, entitled, trying to grab, trying to get, trying to to force their will and enforce their way. God wants to craft a people who know how to wait on him. God wants to craft a people who have poise and, and dignity and difficulty. People that are secure enough in their faith that when trouble lingers, when help is delayed, when sudden tumult comes, they are not thrown into a heap of dread, into a heap of turmoil and pain. God's desire is to produce a heavenly poise in you and me. Amen? I love it. Look at the life of Jesus. Look at the life of those who followed him. The poise... The heavenly poise, that's what I call patience. It's a heavenly poise that God puts within you. A heavenly strength that God puts within you. And it's built upon greater things than the immediate surroundings. It's built upon greater things, greater principles, greater truths. And it's one that can can, can survive the baptisms of fire and difficulty. I believe one of the greatest works of the Holy Spirit, if, if, if I were to talk about one of the, you know, the great works of the Holy Spirit in our lives, there's so many things that he does, but one of the greatest works of the Holy Spirit in our lives is developing us in the area of patience. It's a work of the Holy Spirit. And God knows what it takes for each one of us. God knows what it takes. He knows the classroom you need, the classroom I need. He knows what it takes to bring about his character in my life. And my pathway may be different. My circumstances may be different. But the outcome is still the same. It still looks like heavenly poise in all of us, right? It still looks the same. The quality is still the same. When God develops this patience in us, we come out looking more like Christ, sounding more like Jesus, you know, exuding his character by his spirit in this area of patience. When I use this word, I mean it in the biblical sense. It's the the ability to accept delay or trouble with calmness, stability, and trust in God. That's the biblical sense of patience. That, listen to it again, and, I, and when I'm preaching this, I'm talking to myself, okay? 
I'm not up here as an example of patience. I'm not up here saying I'm the mark. Jesus is the mark, amen? But what I'm, what I'm trying to communicate is some things that I believe the Holy Spirit is even be working in my own life and, and making real in my own life. So in this sense, this is what, it's the ability to accept delay. How hard is that for you to accept delay? Or trouble with calmness. When the door shuts in your face, when things don't go your way, what is your response? How do you respond? That's what God's after is your response, your heart response. Because it's very telling what happens in a person's heart when they experience delay, when they experience surprise, when they experience hurt or instability. But it's the ability to accept delay or trouble with calmness, stability, and trust in God. It's the commitment to remain faithful and steadfast under fire. That's biblical patience. The commitment. That's why James says, let patience have her perfect work. There's a commitment in this that we are to allow patience to work itself into our lives as we go through different things by the Holy Spirit. We are to allow it. There is a commitment to that. Lord, I may falter on the way, but I'm committed to the process. Amen? I'm not perfect, but I bring my imperfections to you, and I'm committed to let you work patience in me. That's what James is saying. There needs to be that commitment in our own hearts and that cry, God, I need patience, and I want it now. <laughs> That's usually the way that it is. God is at work conforming us to the image of his son, working his character and likeness in us. And one of those key facets of Christ's character is faith ruled patience. The ability to endure without being overcome with anxiety. The ability to go through difficulty without being driven by choices out of fear and out of anxiety, which all the time leads us to heartache, which all the time leads us to breakdown, which all the times pierces our own hearts through. When we're not patient, we're only hurting ourselves. Oh, that's not necessary too. When we're not patient, we hurt ourselves and we hurt others in the process. We can be our own worst enemy when we're not patient. God wants to infuse us with faith that is patient, that moves in wisdom, not being led by emotion and fear, but by his hand. Even if it is a longer process, a longer wait, a lingering answer to prayer. I'm not being led about in anxiety, but I'm being led by his hand and his peace. Amen. How many of you want that? I don't want to be led by anxiety. I don't want my decisions to be made out of this place of anxiousness and fear that the sky is falling. I want to make my decisions based upon wisdom and godly influence, patience with God, patience with ourselves, and patience with others is the gateway to spiritual maturity and wholeness and necessary to receive his promises. Listen what it says in Hebrews. For you have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Do you want to receive a promise? God says you have to wait. 
You want to receive a promise? There's an element of patience in that. There's an element of you waiting patiently for it. It's the gateway to receive the promises of God. And not only that, it's a gateway to wholeness. Listen what, listen what James says. But let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire. That word t- entire is wholeness. How many of you want to be whole? Right? Lacking nothing. I want to be whole. Have patience. I love the wording of the King James. Let patience have her perfect work. And I said there earlier, the translators chose to insert her here. And it gives us a nuanced picture. And, and, and in a sense, it's, it's, like, uh, it's like a godly matron. It's like a, a godly waitress is, is taking you by the hand and leading you to wholeness. That's what patience is like. That's the picture that the translators use. Now, that's not what the Greek says, but this is what they're take. It, it's almost like when Solomon told his sons, go after wisdom. She's beautiful. She'll take care of you. She knows how to spend her money. She knows how to be chased. She knows she's got everything. Wisdom is this beautiful woman. Well, James or, or this, this translator uses this to kind of whet our appetite that patience is, 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 is like, if you can imagine this godly matron that's taking you by the hand patiently and leading you into wholeness. When you're patient, And when you're waiting, you are being led into wholeness. You're being led into entirety. You're being led into something that is wonderful, perfect, and entire, wanting nothing. That's wonderful. Wanting nothing. There's a payout when you allow patience to have her work. It leads you somewhere good. Amen? That's what the Bible says. You'll be led into maturity. You'll be led into wholeness. And you'll be lacking nothing from heaven. Wow. Think about that. It's a new way of looking at it, isn't it? I want to be patient because I'm going somewhere. I want to be patient, not because I feel condemned if I'm not or it's the wrong thing to do. I want to be patient because good things come to those who wait. I want to be patient because in that I'm finding wholeness, in that I'm finding something from heaven. When I'm impatient and rushed and, 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 and living in anxiety, I can't tap into what heaven wants. But when I wait, when I learn to be patient, I open myself up to the blessings of God. That's really what he's saying. She is leading you somewhere. Patience is leading you somewhere. She's nursing you. Aiding you, undergirding you to a healthier tomorrow and a brighter day. One that is stable. One that is whole. Patiently walking with God and persevering is leading us higher. Amen? Leading us deeper. We are admonished by the Holy Spirit to let those time gaps between praying and answering or when difficulty comes to when we are relieved. We are in those gaps of time. We are called to be filled with patience. We are are called to rely heavily upon the Lord because the, the alternative is unbearable for the Christian. Live in anxiety, live in angst, hand wringing, striving to make things happen. Instead of finding God in those gaps, I have need of patience. I need to let God work for me. I need to let things work themselves out. 
And this is the heart of God. I love what David said in Psalm 40. I waited patiently. Whether you realize it or not, we all have to wait. But it's how you wait that makes the difference. You're going to have to wait. There are things that, that are yours and that are mine that there's a time element involved in. There's a development in going in the process. You can't have it all. As Patrick so just greatly pointed out on Wednesday night, there's something in that, that, that in those time gaps when deliverance is delayed, where pressures are mounting, where there's no break, you're going to have to learn to wait. It's how you wait that makes the difference. Do you know what I'm talking about? You could all be waiting for the same appointment. You could all be waiting in a queue. You could all be waiting for this thing or that thing. But you know the difference in someone that waits patiently and someone that it doesn't. And it's how we wait that matters in our walk with God. You can wait anxiously or patiently. You can wait worshipfully or keep silent. You can wait in complaining and cynicism, or you can wait with thanksgiving and with hope. You can wait bitterly, or you can wait with an open heart of gratitude. How you wait matters, and it matters to God. It can make a huge difference in your personal lives and the lives of those around you. David said, I waited patiently. I learned to wait patiently. So many times I've missed, in my own life, God-given opportunities to wait. And I've traded my composure and my dignity for low resolution living. I've done that so many times and we do it without a thought sometimes. And, and, and I've traded God's grace for a complaining heart and an unthankful attitude. And my trial ends with God always coming through. God's always going to be faithful to me. Even when I grumble, even when I complain, he remains the same. He's faithful to me. Even when I fell in waiting, God is faithful. How many of you know that? But when I look back after the trial, I feel this regret and remorse and say, why didn't I wait patiently? Why did I go to that person and complain? Why did I let my temper boil up? And I've traded my dignity. I traded my poise for a lower way of living. And God said, that's not how I want you to live. I want to give you the poise. You don't have it, but God can give it to you. I don't know about you, but I'd rather have a song at the end of my trial than regret. Amen? You're all going to wait. How you wait is what really matters. I'd rather be able to say like David, yeah, I went through hell. I was in the sewer. I was way down in the pit, but I held my head up. I didn't let the sewage in the pit get into my heart. I waited patiently. It wasn't easy. It was very hard, but I waited. At times I felt alone, but I waited. At times the pain was overwhelming, but I waited. I knew God would be faithful, so I kept on waiting. The enemy, took, the enemy spoke out his lies, but I waited. The sickness took my strength, but I waited. I didn't speak in haste. I didn't say foolish thing about God's character. I waited. This is such a good psalm. Now, this was a man that had learned to let patience have her perfect work. Lest we think David just arrived there in Psalm 40 as a young 
Christian, as a young man of faith, no. You read many other Psalms and you see David's progression because many times he didn't wait patiently. You read his story. You know he acted impetuously. You know he let anger get the best of him. You know he made decisions based on the flesh. You know that he wasn't always a man that waited patiently, but could actually be very rash and, and let, the, let everything go to his head. And many times his fears took hold and took him down. It took him down dark paths in his heart and his mind. But this psalm was written by a man that had journeyed. Praise God. This is an older David. This is an older man that's learned some things. Amen? This is a man that's learned how to wait patiently on the Lord and how to wait on God in his trial. And this is one of the things God is at work in your life right now with, this work of patience. What is the main ingredient to, to develop this type of godly patience? What is, what is the main ingredient? If you could boil everything down and just disseminate it down to one thing, what is it that, that causes us in our heart to have patience with God and with ourselves and with other people? What is it that inspires us to wait patiently and builds that facet of Christ's character in us? There is a main ingredient that develops patience. And for the next five, ten minutes, I want to share it with you. If you want to write this down, you can, but it'll be back. It'll be, it'll be online for you to hear it. But this is, this is what I see over and over again in Scripture. So this isn't something I make up. This is a scriptural pattern, if you want to call it that. We're always brought to trust God's character over depending on the right outcomes, the right answers, circumstances, and timelines. I'll say it again. We are always brought to faith and trust in God's character over depending on the right outcomes, the right answers, good circumstances, and pleasant timelines. In other words, our patience isn't rooted in positive things happening, but it is deeply rooted in the person of Christ. We will always have a low resolution view of outcomes and answers. Paul said we see through a glass dimly. We're not going to always know the why, the when, the how. How are you going to do this? When is it going to happen? Why did you allow this? Why am I going through this? There's going to always be this tension of being called to trust without all the answers. That's faith. You're not going to have all the answers. You're not going to have all the explanations. And even if you did have all the explanations, you're still going to have to learn how to wait patiently. <laughs> so it's, it has nothing to do with answers. It has nothing to do, but it comes down to this trusting in the character of God, trusting in the nature of God. God doesn't seem to be wholly interested in providing us with all immediate answers. So he isn't asking us to be patient because we know all the whys, all the hows, and all the wins. He is asking us to be patient based on who he is. That's it. 
I've asked you to be patient. If you know the one who's asked you to be patient and you know his character, you don't have to know the hows. You don't have to know the whys. You don't have to know the wins. You just know that you can trust the one who's asking you. That develops patience. And, and you start to live in life and you journey and things come and they go and seasons come and they go. But you find out it's not about always knowing the whys and the winds and the timelines. It's about knowing the, the God of the wind, the God of the how, the God of the timeline. That God is developing a trust in this relationship that he wants you to trust him for who he is. He's asking us to be patient based on who he is. Scripture isn't always clear on hows and whys, but it does give us a high resolution detailed portrait of God's character. Scripture reveals the character of God. Scripture is clear about who God is, right? There's no doubting his character. There, there's not one crevice, there's not one place where you can doubt the character and the nature of God. That is outlaid from Genesis to Revelation. It's all there. The hows and the winds, we may never know until we get to eternity. But we do know the one who dwells in eternity. We do know the great I am. We do know the one who is there guiding and loving watching over our lives. We are called to depend upon him and his character time and time again. So our patience is really God drawing out, drawing out our faith to trust him, to trust his character. God's character is the basis of us patiently waiting. I may not be able to wait patiently because of a clear answer or a clear outcome, but I can position myself to wait on one whose character is impeccable. Oh, I don't know how he's going to do it, but I know the one who is going to do it. I don't know when he's going to do it, but I know the one who has my times in his hands. I know him. I trust him. I believe him. My trust is in him. My days are in his hands. The one who is ever faithful. The one who is always on time. Who will always do me good. Even though my definition and his definition of good may be seem working against it each other at times. Lord, this isn't good. You don't think it's good now. But it may be, you're going to look back over this and you're going to say, man, that was good that I went through that. There was something of God in that. There was something that God was doing in my life. I can trust in the one that is trustworthy, leaning into God's character, his person, his track record, his faithfulness. It inspires patient waiting. And it's not so much what we are waiting on that is important. It is the who. I'm waiting on the worthy one. I'm waiting on the one filled with compassion. I'm waiting on the one that is patient with me. I'm waiting on the one that is kind and good, that has my best interest at heart. I'm waiting on the one that was patient in affliction, enduring the shame and reproach of sin for me, walking the gauntlet of whisperers, of lies, of accusations, of terrible satanic temptation and opposition. Hebrews says we are to call him to mind lest we lose grip. 
Lest we lose our mind in the process of waiting on God. Listen what Hebrews 12, 3 says. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your mind. You want patience? Start thinking about the one who endured so much for you. Start thinking about his character. Because that's what it says. Consider him. Take a moment, the Bible says. Consider it. Consider it. That means reflect on it. Ponder it. Meditate upon it. Look at him. Take a moment right now as I'm sharing the word of God. Take a moment in your, in your mind and look at him. You're losing patience. You're losing the grip. You don't know if you're going to make it. Look at him. Consider him. Look at him alone. Look at him stripped. Look at him beaten. Look at him walking the gauntlet to the cross, the spit, the people cursing him, the pain and the shame of bearing our sin, all falling upon him, yet one step in front of another, one breath closer to his last. He walked, poised, not cursing but praying, not angry but forgiving, not hateful but full of love. Let that frame your worship as you wait. Think about the Via Della Rosa. Think about the crowds lining the sides and that man, that perfect man, that one who loved us for the joy that was set before him. He endured the spitting, the beatings, the punchings, and he endured all of that because he saw you and he saw me. Think about it. Let it inspire you to lift your hands and say, he is worthy to wait upon. He is worthy to put my trust in. He was good. He was faithful. He was innocent. He was powerful. He was poised. And like a lamb, he was led to the slaughter for me. Hebrews says, lest you get weary in your mind and you stop waiting, think about him. Think about him this morning. Let that fuel your courage as you endure difficulty. I see him. I see Jesus. I see Peter cursing him. And saying he never knew him. I see his disciples running from him. I see him before Pilate scourged, his face so marred and so beaten. But yet there is a heavenly patience. There is a supernatural resolve. There is a poise in this man that causes me to cringe when I think of my own impatience in my affliction. When I think about the patience of Christ, man, I have to look away. I have to put my head down and say, my goodness. How can someone love me so much? How could he love me so much? I'm so impatient. But he does. He cares. And I don't know about you, but I want that same faith in my life. That same courage. That same holy determination in my life that was, worth, that was in the Son of God. I want that character to be in me. As I walk through life's gauntlet, as I fail at times, as I, as, as I trip up at times, as I move forward at times and face opposition and uncertainty, I want that same poise, that same patience, that, that ability to put my foot in front of the next for the joy that is set before me. Not maybe what I'm feeling right now. Maybe, maybe my hands are down and I'm not able to lift them, but I know that there's a day coming when my hands are going to be lifted. Maybe right now my body may be sick, but there may be a day coming where I may be healed. But right now I'm going to praise him. I'm going to worship him because he's worthy. 
I'm going to patiently endure. I'm going to plod this life knowing his character, knowing the character of God is sure, is steadfast. And this is the key to patience. When we find ourselves impatient, when we find ourselves struggling, we've lost sight of his goodness. We've lost sight of, of, of understanding the character and the nature of God, that he is for us and he's not against us. God wants us to stop looking so much at the outcomes because it may not be what we thought. You know, sometimes being a Christian is like ordering on wish. Anybody order anything on wish? There's what you expect and then there's what you get. You know, it's like, man, that's... <laughs> what is this? It's like, come on, man. I don't know if you've ever been called out that, but don't go and don't order anything off wish. But that's how sometimes we, we, we've got these expectations. Oh, you know. And what we get in the mail may not be what our expectations were. That's how life is, man. If I could be candid with you, you're not guaranteed anything other than the faithfulness of God. Hallelujah. Other than the provision of God. Other than his goodness in your life. Hallelujah. That plays out in different ways. You know what I mean? That plays out in different ways. And in the coming days, brothers and sisters, this is going to have to anchor you and I. This is going to have to anchor us. We're going to have to know the character of God. We're going to have to know God for ourselves. I can trust him. Pastor Ham, how can you trust him? Because I know him. I know him. And all my affliction and all my difficulty... I know that God is good. Hallelujah. Circumstances may not be, but I know God is good. And so my faith rises to that. I know he's good. I can put my step, a foot down in front of the other one more day. I can take today as it comes because God is good. His character is unfailing. There's no shadow of turning. There's not even a chance he's going to turn away from me. Hallelujah. There's not even a chance. That's what the Bible, that's what James says. There is no shadow of turning in God. There's not even a shadow of it. There's not even an inkling. There's no way God will turn away from you. This is, the, this is his character and his faithfulness to you. And when you begin to consider, when you begin to think, that patience... That sweetness, that fragrance of Christ that comes from heaven begins to fill your heart. Hallelujah. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You know, it's very easy to slip into the emotions. It's very easy to slip into fear. But we have to be undergirded by greater powers than fear. By the very Spirit of God. This morning, I want to challenge you. It's right from the Word of God. Check where your patience is. Right now, do a check, do an inventory. God, I've, I've not been very patient. I have to admit. And, and this message has come out. I've had one of the most impatient weeks I've ever had. And the Lord is getting me to share about, about patience. It seems to be that way. God's putting his finger on something. And it's a word to some of you this morning. You need to learn to wait. You need to learn to wait patiently. And sometimes you need to 
zip it. You just need not to say anything. Sometimes when you're in those places of anxiety, the best thing to do is to keep your hand covering your mouth. If you can't say anything good, pull away and go to God. But learn to be patient. Let God develop that in your life. Let patience have her work in you. How many of you want to let patience have her work in your life? I hope every hand goes up. This is a prayer for all of us. Lord, stand with me. We're going to pray. This is going to be our prayer this morning as we close out. It would be great. Wouldn't it be awesome to have that testimony in the city? I tell you what, those people at Court Church, the most patient people, they, they don't lose the rag. They don't get upset. They, you can't. There's patience. There's a patience in them. There's something not prone to emotion. They're not prone to, 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 to throw a tantrum. There's something of, of heaven in that. David said, God, I waited patiently. And there were those that needed to hear it. There were those that needed in the world to see people wait patiently on God. How many of you know there are people in Cork City right now that need to see you wait patiently for the Lord? Your daughters, your sons, your family, your wife, your husband. They need to see you wait patiently for God. They need to see you develop that in your life. Some of our testimonies, that leaven of impatience has gotten in there and it has affected our testimony. But you can win it back. It can be restored back as you learn to wait patiently on the Lord. Can we lift our hands this morning? We're going to pray. The solemn moment, it's, it's a sacred moment. Because if you're like me, if, you're, if you are anything like me, and I think we're all about the same, maybe varying degrees of patience and levels, my patience doesn't go very far. So we need the Holy Spirit, don't we? We need the Holy Spirit. Make a prayer right where you are. Make it an altar right where you're standing. Lord, I've heard your word this morning. I hear what you're saying. You're calling me to a deeper level of patience, of poise, of dignity, kindness instead of harshness, quietness, instead of complaining, thankfulness instead of ungratefulness. Lord, only you can do that. Only you can develop that in us. So Lord, we're asking you now as your church that you would help us let patience have her perfect work. Lord, we turn from the times we've been impatient. We've been unkind. We've lost the, the head. We've, we've been angered. We've complained. And Lord, we know that we've pierced ourselves too with so many sorrows because we've been impatient. But Lord, we come now and we ask you, Holy Spirit, would you clean us? Holy Spirit, would you wash us? 
Holy Spirit, would you come? Help us to be patient partners. Help us to be patient fathers and mothers. Help us to be patient workers. Help us to be patient in this world. Help us to have poise and dignity under fire. Help us to be like your son, Jesus, when he walked that gauntlet. Help us to put one foot in front of the other, knowing that the joy that is waiting before us, Lord, outweighs, God, whatever we may be going through at this moment. Help us to look to you, lest we be weary this morning. We love you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. That's all right. Speak out. We love you, Lord. Oh, God, I want to be patient. I want you to work your patience in me. Holy Spirit, I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus right now, for everyone that prayed that prayer and meant it with all their heart, that you'd seal that word in their heart. And God, that you would develop a godly patience a heavenly poise that our trust would be in you. Not by what for what we see or we think is coming, but our faith would know who you are. So firm in your character, unmoving, unwavering, trusting in the Lord. God, do it, I pray. Help those who are suffering. Help those who are going through difficulty. Give them patience right now. Give them a word in their heart that you're going to be with them and that you're for them, Lord. Let them know, God, that that you're there with them. Bless them. As we go out of here today, Lord, let your patience rise up. Let your poise rise up. Let your glory rise up where we've been impatient. Lord, as we're waiting, help us to worship you and bless you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen, amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap? Hallelujah. Folks, God is so for us. He's so for you. As you go today, go in the strength of the Lord. Go in the patience of the Lord. Go in the blessing of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. Good good afternoon, Court Church. See you later online. God bless you. Have a great day. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions at all, you can email us info at corkchurch.com. Or just check out our website, www.corkchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and see you next time. God bless.